Welcome to Get Paid for Your Pad, the number one podcast for Airbnb hosts and short-term rental professionals. You're listening to an episode of STR Conversations, hosted by myself, Jasper Rivers, and Eric Muller. Every Friday, we release a new episode where Eric and I have an organic conversation and discuss what's happening in the short-term rental industry and share what we're learning in our hosting businesses and through working with the thousands of students that go through our coaching programs. So this episode is brought to you by Legends X, our 90-day short-term rental accelerator program that's designed to help you skill your hosting business by getting you out of the daily operations so you can free up your time and become the CEO of your business instead of the manager and that allows you to focus on high-level tasks that really move the needle in your business and allow you to grow. And we do that by giving you the systems and teaching you how to build a team so you can actually delegate all those lower-level tasks. So for more information about Legends X and how to join, visit strlegends.com slash X. That is strlegends.com slash X. You are listening to an episode of SDR Conversations of the Get Paid for Your Pad podcast hosted by Jasper Rivers and Eric Miller. So let's dive in. Get paid for your pad. 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 What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another podcast of Get Paid for Your Pad, episode number 501. We are your hosts, Jasper Rivers and Eric Muller. I'm back as being one of the hosts. The last episode, I really enjoyed being a guest on my own show for the 500th episode. Yeah, and man. Now I'm back. That's as a right. Co-host or a host. A host. You're the main host. The, the only host. host. <laughs> the host with the most. That's right. Yeah, today we are talking about a book that we are reading as a team and also in the SDR Legends Mastermind. The book is called Scaling Up. It's a book that has been pretty influential for for us in our business. And it consists of four parts. And we are reading one part every month with our SDR Legends Mastermind. And we thought it'd be cool to introduce this to, to the listeners here on the podcast this is a really, really powerful book if you're looking to scale your business. And so we thought it'd be cool if listeners can kind of read along with us. And then on the podcast every month, we'll share takeaways and, and learning lessons from the book as we're, as we're reading it. So Eric, I know it's one of your favorite books. You actually introduced this to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, why don't you give, a, give us a quick background on why you introduced this book to us in the first place and then why you suggested that we read it with the mastermind? Well, I was introduced to this book seven years ago when I moved into the the entrepreneur house in San Diego. For everyone who's watching the video here, this is what it looks like. It's a purple cover. It's written by Vern Harnish. This is like a textbook for companies that are scaling, right? And I want to I want to be very clear that this is not a book for people who are just getting started in business or still trying to figure it out. You know, low six figures. If you're still trying to figure out how to run the day-to-day of your business and you know, you're not yet in a spot where you have systems or a team in place, this book may not be for you. What a better book for you if you're just getting started or if you're, you know, a year into your business and you know, maybe low six figures or just getting there. 
Traction is an incredible book. We read that in the beginning of our company. And Lean Startup is those two books for people who are just getting started. But regardless, I, I would recommend listening to this podcast. This book is really powerful. It's really written for companies, I believe, that are doing, I think, a minimum of a million a year. It's either a million or five million a year trying to scale to 25 million a year. But they also talk about structure on how to grow to 50 million a year, right? So it's right around there, right? I was introduced to it when I first moved into the entrepreneur house. My roommates, Chandler Bolt and Austin Netsley, we have a weekly mastermind. We sat down and they just started diving into what they were instilling from this book into their business. I read it multiple times, but honestly, we haven't really implemented this into our business until about a year ago, right? When we started really implementing this at a high level, because you do need a team, you need a strategy, you need consistent cash flow. You need a way to actually grow your business. So this is all about scaling. It's written off of the book called Rockefeller Habits by uh, Vern Harnish. So it's really powerful. And the way that it's written is, as you mentioned, four main sections, people, strategy, execution, and cash, right? And each one of those sections has a handful of resources to fill out and build and implement cadence in your team, right? And the reason why I wanted us to go through this again was we got to a point where for overnight success, we're hiring a ton of people, that company's growing. Now we're going into building free wild and we have to make some really big decisions on that, right? Like you and I are considering raising seed capital. We're potentially investing in a branding company for six figures, a design company for six figures, buying hotels. Like there's really big decisions there. We we what I recognize is that we need to attract in some very high level people into both companies to help us with this. So that's why I wanted to, to revisit this. And I'm like, hey, we might as well bring this to the legends and see who's interested in going through and implementing this. It's not really a book club, it's like an implementation club, right? Mm -hmm. So we're going through this stuff and we're actually implementing yeah. it into our business and coming back once a month and kind of you know showing each other what we're learning. So a little bit more about the book is this isn't a book that you read from cover to cover, page after page. What you want to do is, of course, read the, the overview, uh, the first 40-something pages or 20-something pages. And then the way that it's written is you're supposed to jump around in the book, depending on what your organization needs at that time. For us, what we found is that people were the most important topic for our companies and for our legends companies as well. So we decided to kick off for the people section. And a lot of this we already have in place, which is really cool. And we've kind of taken it to the next level of this. But then there's also other things that are showing me on how to fine tune the way that we're running our business, right? So like, for example, our first meeting of the week is our leadership meeting. Right. And that structure of the leadership meeting came from this book. Cause I recognize that what well, you recognized at first, you brought this challenge to us saying, like, hey, I think we got to have a different leadership meeting. I think we got to take control of it. I think we got to take a different approach on how we run the meeting. So I took a step back. I read all the books on how to do that again. And I defaulted to the people section of scaling up and started implementing. That I brought that to the table, right? And now that's what we're implementing. That's the very first meeting of the week is leadership, right? Yeah. For 
what is it, hour and a half, two hours, something like that. So, but yeah, I find this extremely powerful. And I think it's really for the people that are focused on you have consistency in your business and now you're looking to truly scale what you're working on. So yeah. What about you, man? Like, what are you getting out of this so far? Like we've been what three weeks since reading the people section. What are you getting out of it so far? Yeah. I mean, I have a lot of takeaways and uh, I, I wrote, I wrote a bunch of stuff down. I would say a couple things is number one is obviously this book is written for people who really want to scale. And, you know, they provide some stats on that too where they're talking about how 96% of companies or businesses that get started, they don't get beyond the, what they call the mice stage. So they, they don't really skill, right? They, they're, they're small companies where, you know, the owner is typically doing most of the work in the business or there are companies that, that simply disappear within a few years, right? So it's a very small percentage of companies that are able to to get beyond the the stage of you know having a handful of employees and i think one thing that you and i recognized very strongly is i mean we started with like three people two years ago right yourself me and 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 dr crush as we call it <laughs> john yeah right it was still on our team and now we have like a team of like what is it eight nine or maybe 10 11 <laughs> <We lost count. laughs> yeah yeah i lost count as well but that's uh you know, like we, we recognize that managing, managing a company with 10 people versus, you know, three, four, five yeah. is completely different. Yeah. Right. And that's just, that's why I'm so excited about reading this book. But as I'm going through it, I'm also recognizing that I think this book would have been useful even when it was just the three of us. Mm, yeah. You know, yeah. E even though we were still small. So, you know, for the people who are listening now, I would still recommend Take a look at this book, even if you if you have, if you have a small company and you have a few people, because I think still even then there's there's quite a lot of nuggets that you can take out of this, and it's also cool to get an idea of like, well, what does it take to build a bigger company, right? So I, it could also help yeah. you kind of make that decision if you if that's something that you want. Yeah, I mean, dude, that's a great point, right? Is deciding do you actually want to do this stuff? Do you actually want to grow? <laughs> and to to the stat, the, I I underline this, and I, I heard you know I've heard this before, but now it's really relevant for us and experiencing this is to what you just said. There are 28 million firms companies in the United States, of which only four percent reach one million dollars in revenue. That's crazy wow. to think about. Only four percent of companies in the United States reach $1 wow. million in revenue. Then the crazier stat goes from only about one out of 10 or 0.4% of all companies make it to $10 million in revenue. That's insane, man. That's, That's crazy, crazy yeah. to think about. That's crazy yeah. to think about, you know, and then the numbers just go, you know, they, they just go smaller, smaller. There's like 17,000 companies that are doing 50 million a year or more. And only 2,500 companies that are doing $500 million a year or more. So yeah. So the, the reason why we bring that up is like, man, I think, you know, especially in the Instagram world and, you know, the, the fake influencer world that, that we live in kind of tell you that, you know, you have to hit these certain milestones and cash flow to be like an air quote real business. But really it comes down to like, what's, what's important to you and your business and what game do you want to play? Right. Like, and knowing that like, okay, 
And this is, you know, the workshop that we did. What is your financial freedom number? How many listings do you actually need in your business to achieve financial freedom versus just saying 100? You know, maybe you just need 12 or maybe you need 500, right? And like getting clear on that and understanding what game you're playing. Because if you do hit a million dollars in revenue or more, you're in the top 4% of all companies in the United States if you're from the States, right? So, you know, scale is not easy for any company. Scale is very challenging. The the higher, the, the bigger the scale gets, the more complexity your business gets, right? So, and that, that was another big takeaway that I got is like the amount of, like they, they show on the same page, 25, they show the complexity between a team of two and then how much it multiplies by a team of three and then how much it multiplies by a team of 24. And all the different conversations and all the things that happen in between there, right? So like what we teach in Legends X is to solve these problems from the beginning, right? To where it's like very start, if we know that we want to grow our company, our short-term rental business, we want to own hotels, we want to own property around the world, that means that we need people to do this. The more people we get, the more complex our company gets. So we need the systems to work on the inside. So yeah, I thought that was really interesting, man. Yeah. By the way. uh you know, talking about overnight success and a million dollars in revenue, we're we're almost there. So we're almost in that four percent. That's right. That's right. So that's pretty cool. A couple more things to know about this book. As you mentioned, it's it's not a it's not a book that you just read one time and then you're done with it, right? This book has a lot of exercises, like, and they they provide like worksheets and stuff, right? Where you actually sit down and you you fill out these exercises and implement that in your business. So it's like, yeah, it's almost like a study book that you would expect that, you know, when you go to university, yeah. you know, you, you get a book like this when you go. To, yeah. So. It's a textbook, man. It's This is something that you're actually implementing into your business, right? So this is not a storytelling theories. This is step-by-step step on actually doing the work and implementing into your business. So this is why I'm saying it's very important for the people that go through this or really focus on scale. One thing I read in here today is the pizza effect, right? So what Steve Schwab was sharing with us in Mexico, mm -hmm. right? He had a different statement. He's like, your team shouldn't be at any bigger than sharing one pizza where Google, I think it was Google, their mindset is a team shouldn't be bigger than the team should be able to share two pizzas, right? Because mm -hmm. anything pizzas. above that, what's that? Well, we need to know how big these pizzas are, you know? Like <laughs> Eight slices. Or 15 inch. Um, yeah, so it's like the idea here is like, you don't want to grow too big and just, and just bring a ton of people on. Because the moment you start expanding, then again, the complexities between conversations, resources, and everything else really start to multiply. So I think that's really important too, is like, as people are thinking of either buying a hotel or buying more real estate or, you know, buying a, we had a couple of people recently buy management companies and expand really quickly. It's like the moment you start taking on that type of scale, you got to remember the people and then understanding how to break down the teams and then manage the teams. This is why it's so important to step up as a leader in your company. Yeah. You know, I think one big takeaway that I had from, and, you know, today we're talking about the people section, right? So, just to reiterate, there's four parts of this book. So this month, we're talking about people. Next month, we're talking about strategy. The month after that, execution. And then we're talking about cash. So in the next four months, we're, we're literally going through this book. So if, you, if you're mm -hmm. interested in reading it, you can literally read it with us. 
But today we're talking about the first section, which is the people section. Now, one thing I thought was really powerful that I read is delegate all functions to people who fit your culture and pass two tests. Number one, they don't need to be managed. And number two, they regularly wow the team with their insights and output. Yeah, I thought that was a really, that's a really good way of stating it. 100%, man. Dude, we talked about that yesterday on leadership, right? Yeah, about a specific yeah, team why, member. Uh, yeah, that's why I think that's why it, it stood out to me because I remember you said that yesterday. Yeah. You, you chatting about one of our team members and you were saying like, oh, this person doesn't need to be managed. This is awesome. Yeah. So this is what I recognize too. Like in the early stages of me building businesses, I was always looking at like, how do I hire the best of the best? Like the most talented in what they do. But sometimes you absorb people that may be talented in one thing, but they lack fitting in the culture of your company. They need to be micromanaged. Their emotions are all over the place and they're just unstable as a employee or a team member. So they could be talented in one way, but then that, you know, their other challenges come up and create bottlenecks, right? Where what they talk about is finding people that you just mentioned that can wow you, but then also doesn't need to be managed. And then those skill sets could be trained and sharpened over time. So we have a team member specifically. I mean, that's exactly why I brought it up, right? And that's why I brought it up about our team member of like, hey, this person is crushing it, may not be the absolute best at what what they do in results right now, but we never have to manage this person. This The advice that we give them, they take it and they implement it and they grow from it, right? And then two is uh, I'm always impressed by the work that they bring to the table afterwards of like, Hey, Ashley, give me this advice on our job scorecard review. I did this. And then, you know, what do you think of this? And I'm like, wow, this is awesome. Thank you for doing this. This is great. Well, change this, implement this. Okay. Got it. And they go back to work. Right. So it's like, Oh, wow. We got to invest in this person. Right. And that's why I had recommended let's find courses and coaches to help this person grow in their skill set. Because in my mind, I'm like, hey, this is somebody we can grow with over time. And as we're growing, they can grow with us. And we don't have to manage them. Where we have other people in our circle where it's like every single thing we have to manage and we have to ask multiple times. And like, they're great. They they fit certain parts of the culture, but then you know, it's it's like dragging them through mud in certain aspects. And that's what slows down growth of companies outside of the other three items of, you know, execution, cash, and strategy, right? Yeah. So yeah, I mean, if you find people like that, aka A players, you want to invest into them. Yeah. Yeah. And that brings me to my another takeaway that I have is they they talk a lot about, you know, how to manage your team, right? Because mm-hmm. that's a skill set when you go from like two or three people to five to 10 people, you now suddenly have to manage a lot of people, right? And that's a skill set. Like that, that's something you have to learn. And they talk about like, what are good managers and what are great managers, right? And they, they, they name a couple of things. One thing uh, that stood out to me is hire fewer people, but pay them more. Yep. Right. So really, you know, really like finding those eight players and, 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 you know, pay them what they deserve. That's that's more effective than you know hiring more people who aren't doing as good of a job and paying them less. Yeah. Right. So, so that's time. one thing. Number two is what you're referring to 
is you know help people pay to their play to their strengths right really recognizing like okay this person this person doesn't need to be managed this person is has a lot of potential they might not have all the skill sets or the skills you know that's something that you can learn so how can we how can we figure out or how can we optimize the role so that this person can play to their strengths and also work on things that gives them energy right and then invest into that person as you mentioned with whether it's coaching or programs you know that's that's a really that's a really powerful realization to have and that's something that you can do from the from the get go you know from yeah. right when you hire your first person that's why i was saying like i think a lot of this stuff in this book is actually useful for people to read even if they have smaller businesses i agree i agree i just think I, I just want to be careful with recommending this to the absolute early stage startup because I, I th this is what I did in the beginning of my business. I bought this book, I bought Lean Startup, and I also bought Traction. And I bounced around between a lot of this. A lot of this is definitely high level, especially when we get to strategy, when we get to cash, right? The people side, I think, it, like it, it brings a lot of value to pretty much anyone who's in a business that wants to grow. And this is, you know, to talk about the people side, like this is something that I get a lot when I talk to Legends X students is like they they want to hire, but they have this mindset that they just have to hire somebody and then they're in that role and that solves the problem and they could just disconnect and walk away from that thing. It's like the amount of people I, I hear from that, like, oh, I try to hire VAs. I'll never do that again. Why? Well, because I hired this one VA and she didn't do you know, as good as I did. And I just let her go. She, I had to just take over. Well, okay. Well, did you hire the right person? Were they a player for their role? Did you have to manage them? What kind of training did you have in place? You know, where could you have helped that person grow? Dude, you brought this up too on one of our employees where I ran into an issue with somebody that wasn't doing something the way that I expected it. And your first question towards me was, well, Eric, did you create a training around it? Did you create a system around this? What kind of systems did you create? And I'm like, well, I told her a handful of this stuff and Aaron told her a handful of this stuff. And you're like, okay, well, let's build a system, see if she follows the system. And then from there, we can see if this is the right person. And right away, I was like, oh man, 100%. This is what we teach. This is what we <laughs> preach, right? Like this is it. Yeah. And I had that challenge where it's like you're moving and making so many decisions in your business that something comes up and you react to it, right? Versus respond to it. So you had that response. I had the reaction, right? So the reason why I'm bringing this up is like, Hiring people for us to grow, we have to invest in people. And what I think you and I have learned, what every entrepreneur learns is like investing in the right people is absolute key. I read the stat in here. I forget the stat. I'm trying to find it. It's like the wrong hire can cost 15 times that person's salary. Is yeah. that the number 15? Yeah. 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 I wrote, I wrote that down as a takeaway too. Yeah. Yeah. So think about that, right? If you hire, I don't know. We were looking at buying a hotel. That hotel went under contract, by the way. So we missed on that one. But we were looking at buying a hotel that we recognized that we had to hire a local concierge, someone who is just the spearhead behind the property, the whole thing. And that that role would be $100,000 a year for that position. We give them housing, the whole thing. If we hired the wrong person, that can cost us 15 times that amount. Yeah. Think of that. That's a lot of money. 
that's a lot of money. It's a <laughs> lot of money. So you got to go through the process of hiring the right people because at, at the end of the day, it's coming out of the business, right? Yeah. One thing that really ties into this, when we were talking on the leadership meeting, like one thing I always remember from is, is actually from one of our coaches, Rebecca, because I feel like she's, she's really at the top of, of the field when it comes to hiring and tr especially training her team, right? She has a team right. of seven virtual assistants who basically do like 90% of the work in the, in her business. And she always would say that she always says your assistant is as good as your systems and your training. Yep. Right. And, and that's something I learned from her is to like, always go back to, well, where can we improve on the system? Where can we improve on the training before asking like, is this the right person? That's why one of the reasons we hired her as a as a coach in Legends X, which is so cool because I'm still learning from her. Dude, uh, even so yesterday, <laughs> yeah, even on like the kickoff call for or for class four at Legends X, like you know, she only spoke up a couple of times, but every time she does, she just brings so much value, right? Yeah. And uh, you know, it's incredible to see that. But yeah, I mean, she she's an expert in in hiring the best people, but also building the systems and training ahead of time to do that. Yeah. And then one thing that I think is really important too, which is also stated in this book is how important it is to give recognition and, and show appreciation to your team members, right? Because they also say people join companies, they leave managers. Mm. And that yep. actually, I, I know quite a few friends who work in corporate like Google, Instagram, Facebook, stuff like that. That's something that they always told me, like whenever they leave, it's always because they don't like their boss. Yep. You know what yep. I mean? It's never that they don't like the company. So give more, give more recognition and show more appreciation. And they even give a recommended ratio for every time you give some critical feedback to somebody on your team, you should get three times as much of appreciation and recognition. Mm -hmm. And then what's funny is they also state that for marriages, that ratio goes up to five to one. So <laughs> keep that yeah, in mind yeah. if you, if you ever get married. Right, right, right. Yeah, man, it's it's super important, especially A players, right? Like if you this goes across the this goes across the board for everybody, but hiring A players, we just hired a new team member who is a definition of an A player, which is awesome to work with this person, but you recognize like he performs at such a high level and he wants to be part of a high performing team and he wants to be challenged. He wants to grow. He wants to be the best of the best. Like he was the top, top 1% of his company that had 400 employees for seven years straight. Right. Which is crazy to think yeah. about. Right. So he wants to play at that level and, you know, today I was giving him some feedback on his role and, and all of that. And I recognize that I'm like, afterwards I had to say, but Hey, listen, you're brand new. This is what I love that you're doing. I love that you're asking this. I love that you're doing this. You built this system, blah, blah, blah. Keep crushing it. We'll sharpen the tools over here, but this is what I love. As soon as I did that, he's like, yeah, man, like let's, let's crush this. What do I have to do to solve this problem? I'm like, oh, this is freaking amazing, man. <laughs> like we don't have to manage this person. And this person is like, I'm like super pumped to solve this problem. Dude, let's talk about an A player because we talk about this a lot in Legends X. And when we talk about hiring, people usually just default to how do I just hire? How do I hire? And they talk about this in the book a bit. How do I hire just somebody with a pulse to mm -hmm. do this role? Right. Like we talk, people talk about that when it comes to their cleaners, when they come to their virtual assistants, their 
inspectors there, like just everything. There's like, how do I just get somebody who could just show up and do it all the time? It's like, well, first what we got to do, is, and this is what we teach in legends X is develop out a job scorecard. They talk about that in this book. This is very bare minimum job scorecard. What we built out is pretty incredible. What we've added to that, but we define the role. We define the KPIs and growth and success, the whole thing. And then based on that, we start attracting in A players. And their definition is A player is someone in the top 10% of available talent pool who is willing to accept your specific offer. Mm-hmm. Okay, so top 10% in the available talent pool who is willing to accept your specific offer. And what I love about what they said about this, and this is a big aha for me, is that everybody, including the biggest companies in the world, have access to the same type of people, right? So it's not like, you know, the big... It's not like Sonder has access to more people than we do, right? When we're looking for A players, those A players, that top 10% is looking at Sonder and is looking at Freewild. Right. Like we have the same amount, but what we have to do to attract them in is not just compensation because, you know, Sonder could probably offer more money. They raise a ton of money and they're in a position where they could just toss money out the window essentially to attract people in. It's not just that, it's the specific role, it's the culture of the company, it's the core values, it's the mission, it's the team. Like all those aspects are so freaking important, other than just saying, like, hey, we're going to go get more listings and make more money. Okay, cool. But after a while, when that just becomes boring, and you're just going through the 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 monotony of your business. What is it that's driving us every day to get up and solve the biggest problems in this business? Mm-hmm. It's those other aspects. The money is just a result of the hard work that you put in, but what keeps you in those companies is everything else, right? Especially for those A players. So I think it's important for anyone who's listening to this, man, is like anybody who is trying to hire from a cleaner to you know, a CFO or a CEO for your company, like it's the same type of approach. And we do that across the board for both of our companies. Yeah. Yeah. And talking about A players, that's another big takeaway I had was they say that marketing for team hires is just as important as marketing for clients. Right. And I feel Always like be that's, hiring. that's something that, that I think a lot of companies oversee. And we, we definitely oversaw that you know, I'd say for the first like year or so in in our business, oh, yeah. we didn't definitely had did not have that mentality. They also mentioned that in order to hire an A player, on average, you would need yeah. about 20 applicants. Right. So 20 applicants. So the you know, what most companies do is like they just kind of look in their look around their personal network, right? And say that, all right, I need somebody to do these tasks. Like, who could do that? Oh, this person is available. All right. Let's ask that person like, hey, are you down to like do X, Y, Z? Awesome. Let's get them bored. Right. Problem solved versus like actually setting up a campaign, you know, like a marketing campaign, like a funnel, right? Where where you're interview, interviewing people or people submit applications, like essentially the, the hiring system that we created for, for Legends X has all of that, right? Yeah. And through that funnel, through that marketing campaign, like you need to get 20 people to apply at a minimum in order at a to minimum. Really have, have, a, have a chance of getting that A player, right? And, and so 20 qualified applications, let's be clear on that. Cause you could, you could post up an application on LinkedIn, which we did. And we, like, we fell into that, that mistake <laughs> of just like posting something on LinkedIn. <laughs> and we had like 200 applications, 300 applications of complete 
underqualified people for that. This is 20 applicants exactly through that at a bare minimum, right? 20 qualified applicants for that position in as a, a player, right? Mm -hmm. So top 10 percent yeah. of the talent pool. Well, yeah, I mean, that kind of makes sense, right? If you if you're looking to hire somebody who's like top 10 percent, then, you know, you can't just have like two or three applicants because what's the no. chance that that person is going to be in, at the top, right? Yeah, dude, that's a big difference from what I see from our students and, and from our experience, too, of like learning this as we go is like the biggest difference I see between the hectic coast that is just like in the business, just trying to solve problems as they come up, put out fires as they come up. And some of the most financially successful, I just want to put it that way, the, the most financially successful business owners that we know in our network the difference between how much effort they put into finding the right people of their company. Mm -hmm. They actively try to put themselves in a position to, oh, what we call a always be hiring, right? ABH, always be hiring. My friend who you know, who has an extremely large company, Jack, who has a very large company, he told me that for one of his main positions, he personally interviewed over 200 people for... Yeah a C-suite spot. It took him over a year to find wow. the right person That's to hire. Crazy. He, And now he's, he's hiring for his replacement within the company. And he's already in his mind, know that it's going to take one to two years to find the right person. Right. Wow. So he personally interviewed over 200 people. And that doesn't include all the people before like his team before him that went through those applicants and that whole thing. So yeah. my point of bringing this up is for all of us, and this is for a reminder for you and I too, man, it's like, we can't just react and bring the, the first person in. We have to go through the process of truly understanding the role and what a player defined and the whole thing and being patient to finding the right person, right? It's the famous saying of hiring slow, firing fast, right? Yeah. So yeah, that's important, guys. If, you, if you're looking to scale, get super clear on your specific roles, what those eight players are about, and then just be patient through the hiring process. Yeah, hundred percent. And you know, we're getting to the end of this this episode, but there's one more takeaway that I wrote down, and it's funny because as we go through these conversations, we've literally gone through all the takeaways that I have written down, um, yeah, kind of organically. So that's cool. But one last one that I want to mention is: good managers play checkers; great managers play chess. Mm -hmm. Right. That's really that's really interesting, and that's kind of similar as what you you always say, like you know, don't hire hire uh, snipers versus yep. generalists. But I like playing chess, so this really aligns with, or just I can really relate to this. You need to have a bishop. You need to have a knight. We need a rook. You know, we need a queen. We can't have just all checkers because then, like you know, we're never going to win the game. Exactly, man. Exactly. It's it's so important to understand that and. I thought you were going to close out on a different topic. So we'll close out with this, if you don't mind, is accountability. Yeah. Right. That's one of the, the biggest things that they talk about is accountability yeah. in this book. Right. And that's something True. that you and I have really been focused on implementing into the company right now is accountability, starting with you and I first, and then it's trickling down into the company. And they talk about like, if, if you have multiple people owning one thing in your company, no one's owning it, right? And just because you have to assign accountability to team members, and that could be yourself, that could be 
you know, uh, head of cleaning, whatever that is. But if there's a certain task, if there's a certain thing that you're measuring in your company, you have to assign someone to be accountable for the success of that. Now, that doesn't mean that they are the boss or the leader. They make the decisions. That just means that they are the loudest speaking in the room regarding that topic, right? So for example, and I was thinking about this, for example, is reviews, right? Reviews for a short-term rental company is extremely important, especially for Airbnb companies, right? A lot of companies have a head of customer service that owns five-star reviews, right? And what that means is five-star reviews across the company and then individual regions and then individual properties. And that person is responsible for being accountable to understand which properties are being affected the most and why is that happening? And then reporting that back to the team to say, hey, we have this one property in Chicago that is for the last five reviews, I've gotten a three-star review because they said location is terrible. Well, let's go. And I'm talking about scale, right? Well, okay, let's go take a look at that. Well, the location is next to a train track, train station. It's very loud. So we got to now communicate this in our, our messaging right? Or whatever that is, whatever the challenge is, right? So I think accountability is huge, man. And that's something that you and I are really starting to put to work. And yeah, it comes down to like, if if it's all of us, it really means none of us. Like if we're yeah. all owning it, that means none of us are owning it. Yeah. I actually wrote that down too. I didn't notice that if no more, if no more than one person, if more than one person is accountable, no one is accountable. Yeah. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. The last piece that really hit home for me, man, I underlined it and highlighted it all at the same time is whatever's whatever is the strength of a leader often becomes the weakness of the organization. Yep. Right. I and I, I'm right. like, dude, <laughs> I'm like, wow. It, and you know, they talk about like, if the leader is owning two main things like sales and marketing, typically one of those things are going to start failing and is going to be the biggest bottleneck because you're all in or like say sales and vision. Right. And then you have to start working on getting, if sales is like a strength of yours as a leader, that means the vision of the company is being impacted, right? And which one is more important for the leader to lead? Individual sales or the vision of the company? Everyone should be focused on, as a leader, be focused on the vision and start bringing in A players to help you on the on the sales side. So I thought that was really interesting to look at and you know, as we start scaling, understanding how do we disconnect from the places that we bring the most value and the most strength and value in our company and start bringing in those A players so we could start working on the scalable sides of our company. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. I wrote that down to whatever is the strength of a leader often becomes the weakness of the organization. And just to wrap it up with the accountability that you mentioned, me and my girlfriend have actually created an accountability chart that I shared in our, in our Slack was one thing we recognize is like, you know, we have phases where we're being really healthy and we're, you know, meditating, we're doing all the stuff that we want to do, but then we have a phase where everything kind of goes overboard, you know? Yep. So we decided, you know what, we're, we bought a big, a big ass whiteboard. We put it in the middle of the living room and we have, we have a, we have a number of rows where it's like what we want to do on a daily basis, which is um, uh, meditating, we want to go work out, you know, we have reading up there as well. So that kind of ties into this podcast. That's how we keep ourselves accountable every day. We have to read, 
right? And every day we tick off, literally tick off the boxes and we've been, we've been keeping up with every single thing on the board because neither myself or my girlfriend want to be the first one to drop the ball yeah. on something. Yeah. You know yeah, what yeah, I mean? I so that. like, yeah. even if it's, if it's like 10 PM at night, I'm sleepy. I'm like, oh damn, I haven't read, read anything today. I'm like, all right, let's get my book. Let's yeah. spend, you know, 10, 15 minutes before I go to sleep. Cause I don't want to, you know, I don't want to be the first one to drop the ball. You don't want to be that guy. <laughs> I don't want to be the guy. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. Yeah, man. That stuff is so important. It's what we do with the action TNTs and Legends X, right? We do that within our company with ClickUp and everything else to make sure that we're staying on track. And you actually inspired me to redo that too with my health journey. And we have that. And the book talks about this too, right? The valleys yeah. of death, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. Uh, and it, it, you'll see those patterns in every aspect of your life, but as long as you understand that they're there and you have the accountability to keep you on track and learn from those little dips, it's like, mm -hmm. that's, what's most important versus going off the edge a hundred percent and like guys not reading and you're staying up late and you're drinking and doing all this stuff, right. That are not in alignment yeah. with your ultimate goal. So, but anyway, man, I think this is a, I think this book is awesome. We're going to be implementing this with the legends next week. So we'll update everybody on this. Maybe we'll even, you know, share some of the, the worksheets with everybody once we fill them out for free wild and we'll go from there. So, and then in about a month, we're going to be diving into the strategy section. Strategy. That's right. That's right, everybody. So if you want to, if you want to kind of read this book with us, go ahead and get it you can get it on amazon I, I got the kindle version actually on my ipad it was like 12 bucks or something so it's pretty pretty affordable we covered the first part people in four weeks from now we'll do another podcast on strategy then we go to execution then we go to cash so by the end of the year if you want to join us by the end of the year you'll be you're going to be guaranteed that you've you you'll have finished this book if you're following along with us so and last but not least uh, i would say one thing that i realized as well going through this book is a lot of this stuff applies to your personal life as well. You know, there's a lot of things and not just from this book, but in general, just learning how to build a business. You kind of also learn a little bit on like how to build your life because in a way, yeah. like your life is almost like a business too. So I thought that was interesting too. Yeah, I agree. hundred percent. Awesome, dude. Well, this was fun. I'm looking forward to the next. Well, I'm looking forward to doing this in the mastermind next week. I think that's next week. And then uh, right. our next, yeah, next, next podcast on, on this book in four weeks on strategy. Excited to dive into that. All right, y'all. Get after it. Hire eight players. Love life. That's All right. That. Yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. And a special thanks to everyone who's reached out on the fifth 500 episode that we uh, published last Monday. Got a ton of emails and messages on social media and stuff with congratulations and people wishing as well on the, on the podcast and stuff. So I appreciate that. And also special thanks to the people who've left a review. Those are really valuable for us because the yes. more reviews we get, especially on the Apple podcast and on Spotify, that can really drive those algorithms to show the podcast to more people. So more people can tune in, more, more people can learn. So if you have a few minutes, leave us a review, then you are absolutely awesome. And we appreciate it. You're still awesome if you don't leave one, but you're extra awesome if you do. <laughs> extra awesome. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. We'll be back on Monday. Have a great weekend. Peace out. 
Thank you so much for listening to Get Paid for Your Pad, the number one podcast for Airbnb hosts and short-term rental professionals. We really hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you want to learn more about air hosting on Airbnb and building a short-term rental business, then go ahead and subscribe to our daily email newsletter at getpaidforyourpad.com. And if you're just starting out on Airbnb, make sure to download our free Airbnb starter guide at getpaidforyourpad.com forward slash get started. If you enjoy this podcast, make sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening for a chance to win lifetime access to the Short-Term Rental Profit Academy, which is our starter course for anybody who wants to start hosting on Airbnb. So every month we select one reviewer at random and give that person access to the course. So thank you for listening. Check back every Monday for a new episode of The Host Show and every Friday for an episode of STR Conversations of the Get Paid for Your Pad podcast. Thank you and see you soon. Yeah.